50 to go in period number two, three to three tie game. It's game three in the Pacific Division semifinals. The rain now steal the bucket center. Amadio's back into the offensive zone. He looks towards goal. He takes a shot. He scores. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. We are here above the ice at the Citizens Business Bank Arena, joined by Dave Joseph. How are you doing tonight, Dave? I'm doing all right, Jesse. Thanks for having me. As a, a pleasure as always. Uh, so this is <laughs> the second double overtime game in uh, 13 days, 14 days, something like that, that the Kings organization has had. Um, Ontario loses just like the Kings did. <laughs> a bit of a different game, though. Ontario had the lead. Before we get into this game, though, I want to talk to you about the Kings' sweep at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights. Impressions about the series as a whole? Uh, well, hard-fought series. Yep. I mean, I think anyone will agree that, that uh, both teams played great. The Kings uh, put up a great fight. Uh, they were in every game, yeah. as everybody saw. Uh, One-goal games you're talking about double overtime games, a bounce here, a bounce there. Uh, guys had opportunities, put the puck away, and unfortunately couldn't do it. And I think um, over the four-game set, uh, you know, Vegas threw a lot of pucks in the general vicinity of the net. Maybe not shots on goal, but threw the pucks at the net. Uh, made the Kings work hard down low, and it ended up paying off for Vegas in the long run. I think uh, Kings have nothing to be ashamed of in that series. They played hard. Again, a couple of bounces here or there could change the tone of that series in my opinion um Jonathan Quick what can you say I mean stood on his head every game um it's one of the one of the one of the many times that I've seen Jonathan Quick locked in so much and you could just see the look in his eyes every single night he did not want to let that team down and he didn't he was he was he proved again why he is one of the marquee goaltenders in the National Hockey League. Unfortunately, his team couldn't bail him out with a couple of goals here and there at timely points, but uh, nothing to be ashamed of. Obviously, it's disappointing for the team, but uh, did play hard, and, and they were in every game. And, and it's good to see. The outcome wasn't great, but but good to see the, the battle and the fact that they, they competed every single night. Obviously, game two, they play without Dowdy, they play without Muzzin, they play without Forbert. That's three of your regular defensemen. But also, it's two of your top five scorers out of the lineup, and that's something that I really don't hear people talk about enough when you're talking about injuries to defensemen is that sometimes a guy like Jake Muzzin, apparently we find out the injury now that he's coming back from, is a separated shoulder. That's the sort of thing that might have an impact on your shot and your ability to pass uh, with confidence and, and speed. Um, he comes back for game three and four, but but again, he is your fifth leading scorer. Um, there was... I don't want to say rumors because it's really just me talking to myself. But it seemed to me that uh, that Carter and Toffoli might have been uh, hampered by injury, too. We talked to Jeff Carter uh, at media availability day. He didn't you know, say anything about it. The coaching staff obviously is not going to say anything about it. But from your perspective at ice level, did certain players look not 100%? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, some of the guys you mentioned, obviously, I don't think Carter was ever, was he ever 100% coming back from Probably his injury? Not. I mean, we don't know. We'll never know. But it didn't look that way. He had a, he had a good stretch of games where when he had a hat trick at one point, mm-hmm. um, you know, and played well down the stretch. I think when you come back from an injury, I think there's a big shot of adrenaline that comes through for you for a while that carries you through several games or a stretch of several games. Um, did it maybe wear off in the playoffs? I'm not sure. Um, you know, obviously you need production from guys like Toffoli and Pearson. Uh, 
missing Muzzin for the game. And, and the separated shoulder, like you said, obviously he's not playing at 100%, but it also affects a person's confidence mentally because you don't know how much can my injury take, how much can the shoulder take, whatever the injury was. And then missing Drew Doughty for the double overtime game. That's that's the type of game that Drew Doughty excels in. You know, Martinez played, what, 44 minutes that night. Yeah. Vandenberg played 40-plus minutes. You know Doughty was going to play 45-plus minutes yeah. that night. Those are the games that he loves. It hurts to have guys like that out of the lineup. And having the three defensemen out of the lineup for that game, I think, was ultimately a killer. They could have used them. Then again, they battled in that game as well. They were right there and had their chances in that game as yeah. well. No, and, and the thing everybody always says is, you know, nobody's healthy, and you find out that, like, Eric Carlson had a broken foot through their run last year, and then today we just find out that Sean Couturier had a strained MCL or something like that, and he still winds up with five points. But it is one of those things where it matters what the injury is. You know, last season we saw Kopitar probably had, a, I don't know if it was his wrist or his forearm or whatever, and that was enough to hamper his offensive production. You know, if you're a forward and your legs are fine, you're going to be in in the spot to – to have those chances open up, but if you're if your if your wing's no good, then you know what are you gonna do? Um, this is one of those dumb questions that fascinate me, and everybody gets mad about. But would does it matter to you that they lost every game by one? Like like let's say they had won the double overtime game, uh, but then lost the the next three and lost four to one. Is it that significant a difference to you as far as which team was better or, or how the series went? No, I don't think it was that significant a difference. I think, you know, everyone points to goal scoring. And you look at the other games going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs and teams are scoring three, four, five goals yeah. a night. Pittsburgh the teams that are winning. Tonight. Right, that's yeah. what I mean. And, and what's the first game they had seven? Yeah. So, I mean, you, if, if Daryl Sutter used to say it's a 3-2 league. Now it might be a 5-4 league, or at least in these playoffs, yeah. it's a 5-4 it's a game, right? Yeah, I mean, and everybody's look, playing to Nashville and Winnipeg because I think they averaged seven a game in their season series. Right, So, and, and you look at the goaltending again, and you say, well, well, Jonathan Quick did everything he possibly could. And, you, and I remember comparing the numbers before game four, and looking at Quickie's numbers, he's like a 1.6 1, 1. goals against. Something like that. And then I turn to Marc-Andre Fleury, and he's a, a yeah. .8. Yeah. And you say, how is this possible? So you had two goaltenders, two marquee goaltenders with Stanley Cups under their belts going head-to-head. And unfortunately, the Kings, again, can't find the goal production that they were hoping for. Uh, But in these playoffs, it seems that goals are kind of ruling the game. It's not not a 1-0 game very often. It's not a 2-1 game very often. So it's it's kind of uh, an anomaly the way that that the series turned out, especially with Vegas, Mm -hmm. a team that has goal scorers on their team, proven goal scorers at least this year, James Neal, Carlson, guys like that. Um, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Had they won that game, I don't think the, the level was that different in play. Again, I think it comes down to some breaks. Obviously, the Kings wanted to score more than a goal or two a game, but I think that the teams were fairly equal throughout the entire series. A bounce here, a bounce there, it goes, goes the other direction. Yeah, to me, it, it just speaks to how good the Kings are defensively, right? They win the Jennings Trophy in the regular season. They again. Have the, the, yeah, exactly. Again, right. they, they have the best penalty kill. And then in this series, I mean, this is going to sound dumb to say, but if they had just scored four more goals, which over four games is not that outrageous, it's a completely different thing. Whereas Vegas, right, their strength was supposed to be they roll four lines, they never stop coming at you, et cetera, et cetera. So. Well, I will say this. 
Vegas rolled four lines and they never stopped coming. And, and, and from my vantage point, at least, you know, you guys have the luxury from seeing it up top. So you can mm-hmm. see kind of everything develop a little differently is than I do. I, I think it is in some, in some aspects. Um, from what I saw, my vantage point was they didn't stop. For four games, yeah. they didn't stop. The two home games that I saw, ice level, they didn't stop. And again, it's not, it's not necessarily shots on goal. They may have only had 22 or 25 yeah. shots on goal. But they were throwing pucks toward the net, which yeah. makes all the Kings defenders, forwards included, yeah. work harder down low. And that tires you out over a, over a four-game series. Yeah. It's not just one game where you can get through it and maybe score a goal and move on. This is a four-game series we're talking about, and that's going to wear on you over four the games. The loudest Zamboni I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Uh, That's the Omnitran Zamboni, yeah. Jesse. Let's give it a second to see if it... No, I don't think it's ready. All right, well, <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the Ontario Reign uh, because it is a double overtime game. It went almost a full OT, and it was one of those perfect overtime endings where the Reign come in on a breakaway. The Stars goalie, uh, Mike McKenna, is that his name? It is. Uh, dives out of, out of his net, makes an unbelievable poke check, and then, what, 1.5 seconds later, because of that, puck goes other direction, boom, uh, stars score. We talked to Coach Southers after the game. He seemed pretty happy with the effort. I mean, hard not to be, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, the goal was scored at 17.38 of the second overtime. That's five periods. And they also played overtime in game one. So, essentially, now you've played, well, Texas leads the series two games to one. Yeah. But you've played four games with the three extra periods. So you played four games in this series. Yeah. Um, you called it exactly right. And how many times have we seen that in playoff overtime where you get a break at one end, it's Mersh going down one way, the other team comes back after the rain failed to put the puck in the net, and yeah. then they capitalize. I mean, like, not two seconds later. Right? I mean, that's just – it seems like that's uh, just the way it happens when yeah. the puck doesn't, you know, go in for you. Um, the interesting part was the rain had a 3-1 lead in the first period. They led 4-3 at one point. Uh, and then a goaltending change was made for Texas. And I don't know if you make much of this because they, the Reigns saw Mike McKenna early in the series, the first two games. But the backup goaltender got to start tonight, who's a right-handed goalie, which means he catches with his left hand. McKenna, a left-handed goalie, catches with his right hand. So does Cal Peterson. Right. So you have two goaltenders playing essentially opposite-handed. Right. And after the Reigns scored their fourth goal and the goaltending switch was made, the rain didn't score the rest right. of the game. That was all the scoring. So I don't know if that it, it shouldn't throw the players off, but is not it, that much? Not that. I mean, they've seen it before and they yeah. saw it in this series. But is it? Is there an adjustment to be made after the four goals? And you say, "Wow, this could be a runaway." I mean, at three-one, if the rain get another goal, I don't want to say the game's over, but it's it's going to be tough for Texas to come back in that. Yeah, I mean, and they scored five on him in game two, um, and, and they really had some great shifts in the first overtime. I think it was the first overtime. All these overtime periods blended together. But uh, but they had some unbelievable shifts where I really thought they were going to score. Couldn't get it done. He comes in, like you said, they don't score after the goaltending change. He played, if I'm not mistaken, 60 minutes of shutout hockey. Obviously won't get the shutout because he came in in relief. But I think that's bogus. I think he should... I think you should get a, a credit for a shutout. And he does get the winning goal. Yeah, yeah He gets yeah, the yeah. winning goal, which is amazing. But I think you should get a credit for the shutout. But yeah. But so we come back Tuesday night. I mean, you've got two one-goal games and one blowout. You have to be positive about the Reigns' chances on Tuesday, right? I am 100% positive about the Reigns' chances. And I think they'll force a game five. I think uh, they've been the better team in the series. 
I've seen two of the three games. The other one I listened to on uh, MixLR uh, with Cam, who does a great job with the Ontario Rain, called a great game. Uh, it seemed like the Rain had a couple of bounces that didn't go their way in game one. And they ended up losing the game, especially on the overtime game winner. I, I think they were pretty dominant tonight. What, 66 shots on goal, if yeah. I'm not mistaken? That's a heck of a game. So, again, I agree with Mike Stuthers. Not a whole lot negative about this game. Yeah. You know, would they have liked to have some of those chances back? Sure. There was one, I want to say it was the first overtime, Brett Sutter had a point-blank shot. McKenna was looking the opposite direction, and Sutter just ended up hitting him in the shoulder with the puck. He had the whole upper corner of the net. Now, it's easy for me to say from the from the box. Yeah. But, you know, does Sutter want that back? I'm sure if you asked him, he'd say yes. I think Tuesday night, Rain come back and force a game five, which would be the following Monday in Texas. Because in Texas, you're wondering about the break, right? Yeah, Why are there yeah. six days off? Yeah. Disney on ice going on at the oh, HEB Lord. Center in Texas. So they can't get in there until the following Monday to play the game. Wow. So if there is a game five, it would be on Monday. I think it's the 30th. Uh, and that would be the deciding game five. I mean, that would bode well for the rain, having played. I mean, how many guys were in the double OT Kings game as well? Fanberg, Amadio. Uh, I guess Ledoux was, that was. If nothing else, these guys are getting playoff-tested yeah. pressure hockey, right? right? And that's what you want. You want them, You want this to be kind of a learning experience from the Kings organization, from the Rain organization. Now they're playing in all these playoff, up-tempo, fast-paced games. So much on the line. And here you go. It's just more experience for these guys. I thought Fandenberg played a good game tonight. I thought Ledoux had a really good game yeah. tonight. A lot of these guys, it, it's good to see. And Amadio with a goal and two assists, he was probably the best player on the ice tonight. Look, I'm not breaking any news by saying that kid is good, but that kid is good. Um, spoke to Southers earlier this season. He raved and ran and raved about him. Talked to him just now after the game, and he said, you know, he feels like the kid's dad. He says so many good things about him. Um, but, uh, I mean, he plays in the double overtime Kings game, picks up a point, picks up a point in game two of this series, and then tonight, two assists, a goal, and he won the faceoff that led to the third goal. Um, he didn't get an assist on it, but that's just hockey technicalities. He looks good. And, and and when you talk about speed in the game today, and, you know, the Kings are obviously looking for speed and youth, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to provide both the youth, obviously, and the speed. He's got great speed to his game. He's very quick, good release on his shot. Uh, I'm anxious to see him come out in uh, Tuesday night. I think he's going to come out on fire on Tuesday. I hope so. I mean, I don't want to make this a, you know, a pick your, pros- pick your prospect battle. But I've, I'm way more excited about the idea of him as a Kings third-line center moving forward than I am Kempe. Um, just if for no other reason than expectations, and maybe this is on me, but I, I was, I feel like the, the Adrian Kempe I was promised was a high-scoring uh, player. And so I feel like even if you can turn him into an effective third-line center, you're almost wasting his ceiling. Whereas Amadio, to his own words, right? He said when he was in junior, he learned to take care of both sides of the puck and it's something that matters to him. And Stuthers called him a, you know, a, a, a young Trevor Lewis and easily coached. I mean, so to me, it's like, why not slot that guy in and take your kid who can fly, who's got, you know, offensive upside, but either way, you know, it'll, it will be whatever it will be. He'll be 22 coming into Kings camp next season. I really don't, expect him not to make the team coming out of camp. No, I, I would I would think you'd be right with that. And I think we saw another kid out here tonight, Johnny Brodzinski, who Kings fans are, are familiar with. He's got the speed too. He's got a good shot. He's got a good release. Um, these are two guys you can look forward to seeing in, in Kings uniforms probably as soon as next year on a regular basis. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be... This is the, the problem that always happens when the Kings lose and the Rain are still going, is that I have a tendency to fall in love with some of these players, whether it was Nick Dowd or, uh, or I guess last year the, the Rain playoffs didn't last that long. But I guess I thought Auger was going to have a better crack at it. I actually thought Auger looked... I mean, he's he's really sort of perfect for this level of play, right? Because he's so big and he's so long and he can keep plays alive with his stick. I would be. I'm, I haven't sold my auger stock yet. I'm still very curious to see uh, what he does in camp. But there's so many kids coming up now, whether it's Clegg or Velarde or or Amadio or. Uh, and we haven't seen uh, Clegg in the series yet. Right. He's yet to play right. a game in the series. So you know who knows. Apparently, you know he's highly touted as everybody knows, and and we'll see if he can make the team on a on a camp next year. Um, interesting to see. I I think in the overtime, another guy that that kind of went unmentioned was Michael Mersh, who I thought, you know, he didn't bury the, the chance he had in the double overtime, which then it went back the other way. But, but <laughs> I'm not going to blame him for that. No, 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 I'm not blaming him. I, I thought he had good legs tonight, yeah. and I thought he had good – even in the second overtime, we were kind of talking on headset, and, and we said, boy, Mersh has got some jump in his step. And and maybe it's we haven't really seen that from him a whole lot, but it seemed like he had a little extra pep in his step tonight, and I like to see that from him. It was very promising. Another line I liked was Sutter, Luff, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce number 16's last name. Is it Mallet or Maye? Maye. Maye, okay. Um, Maye's a little bit of an overager as far as prospects go. He's a little bit undersized, but but he's got great vision, although I felt like he was just a little bit slow. Like, you could see him see the passes, then he tried them, and it was either just a little bit, just a half second too slow or, or, or didn't quite make it. Luff is a kid that I've, I'm 100% on board with. I bought up all my Matt Luff stock. Uh, when I saw him in development camp. Yeah, I like and, your jersey too, by the way. That's, thank you. It's nice and, Matt Luff jersey. And Sutter, and Sutter, obviously, is the captain. He's a, an overager. But that line, I th- thought, had a lot of uh, control. I won't say chances because, like I said, there were some some timing issues. But I, but they seemed to be out there uh, at crucial moments. And, and Luff, he's just a little bit – the game is not quite there yet, but I really, really like Matt Luff. I do so, too, and I think when, when the one word that comes to mind when I think of that line is dependable. They're dependable. You can put them out there in pretty much any situation. Sutter, you know what you're going to get. He's going to grind it out for you every single night. Luff, you just talked about him saying his praises. And Maie too, again, a smaller guy, smaller in stature, uh, big heart, really good hands, yeah. nifty with the hands. You can see it every night. Didn't show up on the score sheet tonight, uh, but I think he showed up on the score sheet in the last the game prior to this game too. So, again, you know, I would count on him to get on the score sheet in game three. You're going to see some more from that line. He's one of those guys that I always feel for because I think he's five foot nine. the paperwork said. So he's already fighting an uphill battle. But if there was a league for guys 5'10 and under, he'd kill it, right? He'd like, dominate, yeah. Like, you can see his vision out there. He's finding guys. He can see the open man. Uh, you know, he's fun to watch. It, you know, it's just... The other the other guy that stood out tonight, I thought, was uh, Curtis McDermott, I thought, had a good game. Um, getting shots to the net, playing physical, but playing in control. Yeah. Um, no elbows to anybody's head. Right, and, and no penalties. Yeah. Didn't show up in the box tonight, which is always good. But he had, he, he's got this fierceness, this competitiveness, which I like to see. Um, and I thought he played a really solid game tonight. What did you think of Peterson? I mean, they did have a 3-1 to one lead. I'm not going to blame giving up that lead on him. 
Um, there goes the world's noisiest Zamboni. Apologies for the ah, last quiet. 10 minutes. Ah, quiet. Um, but he does take them, you know, almost all the way through two overtimes. Made a couple of huge saves in overtime. What do you think of Cal Peterson? Uh, hey, listen, I like Cal Peterson. He's he's dependable. He's solid every night. Um, you know, you get 40-plus shots on goal. You play almost two games of hockey. Some goals are going to go in. You can't fault him for the game winner. Essentially, that's a, that's a yeah. breakaway. I think it might have gone off of, uh, I think... Um, I think it might have been Maya actually. He might have caught up to the, okay. the guy. And I, I, like, I think he, he shows a lot of composure. Yeah. He doesn't get rattled. He's not flustered. He, technically, to me, he looks technically sound. Rarely do you see him out of position. He's not one of these goaltenders. He's not, he's not a Jonathan Quick where he can bounce all over the place and, and show off his flexibility and make these amazing saves. Although he had one, I think, third period or the first overtime. I forget. There's so many. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a glove save where he just yeah. robbed yeah, yeah. one of the Texas players. And you're like, wow. And they, they showed it on the replay. Just to see it again and again, I was like, that's incredible. He doesn't get rattled. doesn't get flustered. And I like to see that. I think give him a couple of years and, and you know, he could be he could be legit. I always... I feel guilty. Not guilty is not the right word, but I always I try to avoid evaluating a goalie's game because there's so many moments. Like for example, you know, in the Vegas series, you know, if Quick doesn't make, you know, people can say like, well, if he makes that save, it's da da da. And you're like, it was a one nothing game, guy. Like, right. Right. <laughs> you know, right. if the Kings just score one goal, we're not even. And, and how many? This. And how many other saves did he make? Right. Where you're like, oh my god, that should have been in the net. And the same ninety nine out of a hundred times on right. any other goalie, the puck goes in, but. Quick's there to make the splits and make an incredible save, and you go, how does that happen? Yeah. We just kind of take it for granted as Kings fans because we see it all the time. But you put any other goalie in the net, it's probably a 3-4 goal game instead of a one nothing game, right? Yeah, and, and a game like tonight, if they, if the rain had scored on one of their chances where they're, you know, I think they spent about six minutes buzzing around yeah. Texas' zone, they scored that goal, right? We're not even talking different about game. Uh, different nobody game. Nobody cares that they gave up. And a, how about, how about uh, our, our player on loan, Matt Molson? Who who was everywhere tonight? I still think that's the greatest cheat in AHL. I, I, I I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I won't lie. I, I don't get it. I don't. I, mean, I understand. It. He's on loan, right? He's on loan. I don't. I don't. So I don't I know how that's allowed. Into, I just enjoy having him as part of the rain. Yeah. You can see what he does out there. He's a creator. Uh, he makes plays happen on the ice. He puts pucks on guys' sticks where I don't even know how he does it. It's yeah. amazing to watch. Um, but he's he's great to watch. He's a great player to have here. And, and great to help the young kids learn, and, right? I mean, a guy like and that. And I'm thrilled that he's bought in, right? Because it would be right. super easy for him to say, you know, uh, whatever. I'm an NHL player. Right. Who needs this? Uh, but he, like There's you said, a fire to his game. Yeah, you for can sure. see there's a fire. He wants to And, and he wants when to he win. and Amadio were on a line together earlier this season, I think Amadio was leading the league in, in points, if I'm not mistaken, or at least leading the team in points. And you can see him out there tonight, right? Like when Molson has a chance to play with somebody who even has – the ability to elevate their game, you know, up to that level, it's just a, it's a totally different thing. I just still don't understand how he's allowed to play for the rain. <laughs> I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't. <laughs> I don't necessarily understand all the details, but uh, he's fun to watch. I mean, it feels like feels like at the very least it should be cap circumvention on the Islanders' part. I don't know if they're still paying part of his. Like, I don't. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I That's for you to discuss. I'll yeah, let no, you I'm not that. even going to worry about it. <laughs> anyway, Tuesday night is game four uh, back here at Citizens Bank. Business, citizen, yeah, Citizens Bank. Right. Citizens, By the way, just 7,000 plus here tonight. I think it was yeah. 7,600 people here tonight. Fantastic atmosphere at Citizens Business Bank Arena. That's Tuesday right. night, sure to be the same thing, right? I mean, come on out, support the rain, support the future of the Kings. 
it's going to be electric here again on Tuesday night. I encourage you to get out here and, and see game four. And Kings fans, if you have a job, like a nine-to-fiver, I get it. You're excused. <laughs> like it's hard to get no, out here. No, I don't get it. You get out get here. It. Get out here to the game. But for all of you who don't have nine-to-fives. Okay, especially and a, you. And you need to be here. a ton of you that I know because I... Personally. You're bugging me at... You know, at 3 a.m. on Twitter or Facebook, so I know you don't have a regular time uh, schedule. <laughs> Just come out to a game. It's a ton of fun. It's a great building. And you get to see my new uh, crush, Mike Amadio. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get, and you get to see Dave Joseph. You, well, yeah. You get to trade in your Luff jersey for your Amadio. Right. Put a one in front of I'm gonna it, get, and then you're I'm going to get one of those uh, split in half. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, home and away. Amadio Luff. There we go. Amadio Luff. <laughs> or Luffio. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Take your Thanks break. for joining me, Dave. You're welcome, Jess. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for listening to King Sense. We'll talk to you soon.